Welcome back. It is hour number three. It is a Thursday. It is the Bill Michaels Show. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. In for Bill. He will be back tomorrow. A lot more to come throughout the day. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur in the 1 o'clock hour what he had to say with the media. We'll get back into what Aaron Rodgers had to say about the deadline yesterday. A lot more to come. But now, joining us on the hotline, as he does every Thursday at this time, Mr. Paul Charchian, guillotineleagues.com, at Paul Charchian on Twitter. Charch, how are you? I'm good. I mean, is there some contractual obligation where you have to play Rush just you know, at this time, because yes. Bill does every noon, that means you have to. I mean, can you, can you put your own spin on the bumper music? Uh, here's the thing. I have strengths. One of my strengths is not music. <laughs> that is the one thing I fall okay. short on, which working in All radio, right. maybe not the greatest. It's also our <laughs> into our music every hour. And you come on at noon. So that just that, that is what it is. So it's, it's easy. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I think you could, you know, you could branch out a little bit, maybe get a little peaches and herb in there. Um, maybe some uh, air supply. Ooh. Is that is that more your bit? Now grants the music guy on the yeah. honorary music guy on this bullpen show. Uh, I'm more of a dropkick Murphy's guy, so I can maybe fit them in okay. if I can. Yeah, let's, let's freshen up a little bit. All right. I'm, I'm a grateful dead guy. So I don't know how that plays at all in this. Space. Oh, well, I, the, I don't know. The great, oh, well, that's perfect. Cause you could just, Bump in with Grateful Dead. It'll be a guitar solo for the whole 18 minutes. And then, um, then I don't even have to talk. People just see, yeah. can just hear noodling for 18 minutes of, uh, of Grateful Dead. And after yeah. the Packers maybe lose to the Lions on Sunday, we will uh, all definitely be dead. Oh. When it comes to the Texans and the Eagles, Charge, uh, yeah. first, I mean, I, I do reside from the city of Philadelphia. Not many people out there are very excited for this game, given what is happening on the baseball diamond. Uh, it's right. a big spread, 14 points in Houston. Even the Eagles are undefeated. They're flying high. When I look at this matchup, I uh, fantasy wise, number one, can Damian Pierce, the star rookie succeed? And two, is this just a, the Eagles go crazy kind of night? Well, probably. Yes. Um, you know, if this looks bad for, for Houston right now, they will, they'll be without, if the, the, the reports are true, they'll be without Brandon cooks, their leading receiver. Their number two receiver, Nico Collins, is hurt. He's not going to go. So, you know, the, the receiving group's not in a great spot, and they probably, the game script is going to be, you know, falling behind early for Houston. And then, you know, they really want to pass. There's nobody to throw a ball to. So this thing does not look good. And this might be one of those nights, guys, where you tell your wife, oh, man, it's a great matchup. Uh, but, you know, honey, I I think tonight, I, I let's go do something special, the two of us. You know, I, I, this is a great night for us to get out, even even though the the, the game tonight is going to be fantastic. Just, you know, that's okay. You know, this is your chance to make up. Damian Pierce is fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, he's Pro Football Focus's eighth highest ranked runner. Get this. Damian Pierce, an insane 3.8 yards after contact. He's so good. True workhorse, even in their blowout losses, of which tennis, uh, the Texans have had a few he still gets a bunch of touches because they know he's their biggest big play threat. And so even in blowout losses, Damian Pierce is still a guy who gets carries and backs who've received at least 10 carries against the Eagles have averaged 77 total yards and a touchdown per game. So I, I like Damian Pierce here, but that's it. That's the, that is the sum total of the startable Houston Texans. Yeah, it was, it was kind of head scratching how he was underutilized at Florida and now comes in and is such a good yeah, player. That- 
Yeah, he's got more. You know, here we are. We're, it's week eight of the NFL or eight games of the NFL season. He's already got more carries than he had in any full season at Florida. Man, they, wow. Amazing how badly they misused him. Uh, over on the Eagles side of the football, I mean, so much made in Green Bay about the lack of receiver help at the deadline or any way to help yeah. the offense. You look at Philly, that draft night trade for A.J. Brown is working wonders. Three touchdowns in the first half against Pittsburgh last weekend. Do you think that continues? Well, first of all, let's let's get this out of the way. A.J. Brown got flagged for a taunting penalty after scoring his third touchdown last Sunday. You should get flagged for not taunting your opponent after your third touchdown in one game. That's what I think. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's BS and I'm all for the taunting penalty at that point. Um, now tonight, AJ Brown gets to really show Brandon cooks what it's like to be traded to a good team with another good game. Houston has allowed seven receptions, 106 yards to opposing number one receivers over their last three games. So if that's the area that Brown's going to be in seven receptions, 106 yards, I'll take it. And he used to hammer the Texans when he was with the Titans too. So I like, uh, I do like AJ Brown here and I think he's sitting on a good game. By the way, the, the line on him is 69 and a half receiving yards. We will go over huh. 69 and a half receiving yards. The only question is how long do they have to throw in this game? That is not clear is, is how much passing they even need to do. Hey, Charge, uh, talking quarterbacks, it's been a weird year. I think it would surprise people like who are maybe the second, third, fourth best quarterbacks, especially some of the elite quarterbacks that aren't running quarterbacks. Like is Tua sneaky one of the best quarterbacks for fantasy football that doesn't run? His numbers are pretty surprising. Yes, his numbers are great. You know, rushers like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are almost impossible to catch from a fantasy standpoint because yeah. they help so much with their legs. Um, but Tua's turned out to be great. Remember all that talk in the preseason about how Tua's feeble arm would not be able to get the ball downfield to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill? Ha! He's pro football Focus's number one ranked deep ball passer. He's got the third longest average pass, almost 10 yards. He ranks number one in passing yards, 345 yards per game and almost three touchdowns per game. That's Tua. And the volume is great. He's 39 passes per game. I think when you factor in Tua's receivers, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, many weeks, is going to be the most reliable, pure passer in fantasy football. And that might be just because of his weapons, but it doesn't really matter how the points are scored as long as they're scored really quickly. Charge, speaking of running quarterbacks, what do we do with Justin Fields, you think, moving forward? Well, he's been good. Get this top five fantasy finishes yeah. the past two weeks. And what I, what I love about fields is after all of the really manicured use that he had through the first I don't know, six weeks of the season, when he wasn't running all that much and he wasn't passing very much at all, they've really started to open up the floodgates for him. Let him pass more, let him run more. And these, you know, these dual threat running, running, passing quarterbacks, like I mentioned, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, that's where it's at. And the myth, the myth that, that you're going to get your quarterback hurt by letting him run, it just doesn't play out. Jalen Hurts hasn't missed any time. Josh Allen doesn't miss any time. Uh, Lamar Jackson has missed little time. Those guys, you know, and they, they break down defenses in a way that others cannot. So, yeah, I, I'm, I love what we're seeing from the maturation with him, and Chase Claypool will help a ton. Paul Charchian, guillotineleagues.com with us. I want to talk about Claypool. I want to talk about the deadline. TJ Hawkinson goes from Detroit to your Vikings. 
Claypool, yeah. uh, the Bears beat out the Packers for trading for him reportedly. You have Raheem Mostert in Miami. He had a free backfield for like 35 minutes. Then they traded for Jeff Wilson. What are the big takeaways that you had from a crazy trade deadline? Well, I think Claypool is the most obvious guy that gets impacted by this. And maybe maybe Fields gets in fact impacted more than he does. But, you know, Claypool actually, in my mind, gets a quarterback upgrade in this. Kenny Pickett is... Pretty wobbly. And actually, right now, I think I'd rather have the passing of Justin Fields. But the sneaky play from the trade deadline, guys, it involves Naheem Hines. He went from Indy to Buffalo. I want to focus on what Hines leaves behind in Indy. We've got a hobbled and ineffective Jonathan Taylor as the lead back for the Colts. Would anybody be surprised? if the Colts shut him down at some point to let that nagging ankle injury get right and try to get him back to where he was and this, all this is leading me to Deion Jackson, the fill-in that we've seen in two games without Jonathan Taylor in those two games, Deion Jackson put up 104 total yards and 108 total yards. Taylor hasn't topped 91 yards since way back at the opener and Deion Jackson's caught 14 of the 14 passes to come his way. Indy traded Naheem Hines because they felt they could rely on Deion Jackson a pretty good player so i like deon jackson here as the sneaky acquisition to get coming out of tuesday's uh trading madness paul charchian here on the bill michael show packers lions this sunday i have swift yeah. and williams on one of my teams how do we deal with these two right if, if maybe we took swift in the draft and then added williams later on as a handcuff and we've just had both well, now they're yeah. both playing. How do we manage both of those guys on a week-to-week basis? Well, and Swift's barely playing, right? So, you know, here he is. Last week, he had five carries and one catch. And then his coach comes out and says, we used him too much. Yeah. So, you know, you know and, and, and he's still not right. He's got the ankle and the shoulder injuries. Right now, you can't really start DeAndre Swift. Yeah, and it, only maybe because it's a bye week. You could, you could try it. But for the most part, you can't start him right now, I'm afraid. And so, you know, Williams has been the goal line guy anyway. He's getting more work, running reasonably well. Um, and, you know, no Devondre Campbell, right, this week? Is that is that a done deal? Do we know if he's going to go? He has not practiced. We'll get an update. Yeah. I guess if he doesn't practice today, it seems very doubtful. I, I don't very have a sense that, that he'll one. play, but he has not been ruled mm-hmm. out. LaFleur likes right, to wait Pac- until about an hour before halftime to really decide with things like that, though. <laughs> likes to spring that on his team. <laughs> Uh, your squad is giving up 119 rushing yards per game. That's fourth most in the league. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, I think Jamal Williams is a pretty good start here as things are trending towards a very light workload game for DeAndre Swift and revenge game models apply here, given that he was obviously with the Packers for years. I'm big yeah, on the whole revenge point. game thing. The models go into the other side of the ball charge. I, the Packers ran the ball really well in the second half at Buffalo. Aaron they Jones did. was getting going. A.J. Dillon yeah. looked better. Do you think they're startable now after what you saw? Yeah, in this matchup, definitely. And, and A.J. Uh, AJ Dillon, who I, I did not like a lot of what I saw for, for much of this season, I agree with your assessment. I thought he ran hard last week. I loved it. And against a very bad run defense, this is a tremendous opportunity to start Dillon with I think a degree of rare confidence. Detroit is the most generous rushing defense. They're giving up the second most rushing yards per game and the most rushing touchdowns to running back. So this is a great spot for Dylan and Dylan's still getting the majority of the, the goal line work. So yeah, I I like Dylan here. 
And as a guy that I have not been recommending for about a month, I, I, he's back on for this game. And, of course, Jones has been running great all season. Last one before we let you go, Charge. The Vikings trade for TJ Hawkinson. Are you guys fitting rings out there yet in Minneapolis? What's the vibe out no, there like? They're really, you'd, you'd be surprised at how non-haughty this 6-1 and one fan base is because really? the wins have all been too close and too fluky. You know, nobody feels the only really solid win this team has had was week one against your Packers. All the rest of the wins have been oddball wins with like late game turnovers, missed field goals against them to win the game, stuff like that. It's, it's, they've all been nail biters that are coming down to the end. And so there's not, there really isn't a sense that the visit at six and one feel like a Super Bowl contender at all. Everybody sees a huge gulf between the Vikings and say the Eagles or and it just seems so much better right now. So, you know, if you if you want to go with the narrative that the Vikings are fitting Super Bowl rings, you can. But that's not what that is not how it feels out here. I was doing some journalism. I had to ask before I ran with it, and now I will <laughs> wait another right. week. Uh, Charge, yeah. appreciate the time, and as always, after we hang up on you, we're going to have a moment of silence for Bill's team as he was knocked out of your guillotine league. Well, and here, okay, and here's the absurd thing. <laughs> so he needed a running back. He needed a running back really badly. So I trade him Travis Etienne, who's trending towards a, an amazing season. And so I trade him Travis Etienne. I get a bunch of fab back. Uh, then he didn't start him. He forgot <laughs> to put Etienne in his starting lineup, and he went berserk. And then he lo- then he got knocked out of the league, and now Etienne's back up for bidding, and other people paid a, a bunch of money to go get him again. So, oh, man. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. you told me that. Charge, <laughs> awesome stuff. Appreciate it. We'll talk right, next we'll week. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. There he is. Paul Charchian at Paul Charchian Thanks, on Paul. Twitter, guillotineleagues.com. Check out his work there. I will. We will have a brief moment of silence as we go to break for Bill Michaels' fantasy team that has been knocked out of the guillotine league. However, as you heard from Paul, maybe maybe questionable manager decisions like Dusty Baker waiting till game four to start Christian Javier and deciding to go with other guys and McCullers in previous games. That's neither here nor there. Uh, I myself, at least, I'll rejoice a little bit because, you know, I'm not going to talk about my fantasy team. That's all. The Joe Girardi of fantasy football, Bill Michaels might be. Is that what you're saying? Maybe. Uh, and as a owner of both Deion Jackson and Travis Etienne, well, now I'm talking about my team. All right, eight I just seven. Picked up Deion Jackson and took Swift out of my starting lineup. So Man. look, I this is a very useful segment for me. Deion Jackson, that's a that's a name I want to hear Chris Berman say a lot. Where did he go to college? Do you have a connection with this guy? You look so excited. Duke. Duke. Okay, he is a I, I believe he is a second year player out of Duke. Slept on six foot two fifteen just a. He just plays, man. He's one of those guys that just plays. And I didn't think he'd be that great because he went to Indy behind Taylor and Hines. Like, he is Naheem Hines, just younger and cheaper. Uh, and now suddenly burst on the scene. So, yeah. 877-867-1670. We will return to the Packers talk when we come back. We'll hear more from Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur's comments, those are coming up at 1 o'clock. Met with the media today. We will hear what he had to say. But we return to Packers talk. Packers-Lions, how do you feel? Is this the make-or-break week for the defense? Do you see it? Uh, do you see Joe Barry going if they give up 30 to 35 and lose? We'll get back to all of that. Your calls as well. Coming up next, he's Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
get a good feeling. Welcome back. Yeah. It is the Bill Michaels Show. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. He has his show tonight, the Wisco Sports Show, 4 to 6. Many of these same stations, Madison, La Crosse, Eau Claire, the other towns that I'm sure he will correct me on where the show is heard. That is 4 to 6 if you want more. He is live every day at that time. I have Kenny and Heilprin coming up tonight. Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie, come say hello. We're talking Badgers, talking Jim Leonard, Wisconsin, Maryland, all the storylines around the program right now. Uh, Grant, I want to get back into Packers talk and looking ahead to the Lions. I also thought I, I had the producer talk in my ear, which AKA is my brain because I'm the one in front nice. of the board and such right now. I think it's time for the college football minute. I love it. It is a, it. a new segment and, and pardon me while I find the music for this. Um, there, there isn't really any good, uh, college football theme music out there. Like, like there is the NFL, so um, we have music. The college football minute, Grant Bills, and it's really more like four or five minutes. But here we are. It is it, it, the storylines are abound both in this state, nationally. My first bullet point for the day: Wisconsin should have hired Jim Leonard yesterday as full-time head coach. I, can we stop this whole waiting game? The longer you wait, you risk losing your recruiting class. You don't allow them to get on the recruiting trail and assure to the players that they will be there going forward. I just, there's no benefit to waiting. We all know it's him. It should be him. There's no better option. He's going to succeed. Hire him now. Don't wait till December. I buy into that. I agree. I have nothing more to add. Keep it rolling. The college football playoff rankings were released, Grant Bills. Mm -hmm. And I, rankings are stupid especially these ones because it's so arbitrary and the committee just goes off an agenda that is so biased and, and for lack of a better term, stupid. That's the way I'll describe it. Top 25 wins matter. Like what about a top 30 win? The difference between the 25th best team in the country and the 40th is minuscule. I guarantee that. And Wisconsin's in that Wisconsin's a top 35 to 40 team in the country right now. And I, I bet you if they go play the 30th best team, It'll be close to an even spread. So the fact we care about top 25 wins more than anything in this sport is I, it's dumb. I don't know better words to call it. It's dumb. Um, we don't need to overcomplicate it. You can use simple words, but I think that paints a pretty picture. Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, Bama, TCU, Oregon, USC, LSU. There's my contractual obligation to tell you the rankings, even though uh, I wish they went back to the BCS. I don't like the playoff. The regular season matters. Would uh, would you ever consider once a week putting out your own Ben Kenny rankings? No, no, I would not. Ke- Kenny's correct rankings, something like that. Nah, I, I mean, I do it for the Big Ten and the Big Ten West. Oh, sure. I would like that. That'd be fun. Which I kind of I'd, did. I'd tune in for that. Well, I kind of did that, but then Wisconsin started losing, so I stopped. So you, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's something I would also do, so I respect it. Continue. Um, It's a banner weekend for me. There, there are there are two weekends a year usually in college football that get the juices flowing like this weekend will. Usually it's rivalry week, uh, Thanksgiving Saturday, was, uh, always Wisconsin Minnesota. You get uh, Michigan against Ohio State rivalry Alabama Auburn. Like come on, that that's the greatest weekend of the year. Always is. But this weekend my rival Tennessee at Georgia, number three versus number one in a banger. at CBS, the 
I'm going to cheer real hard for Georgia just to spite Clay Travis. Continue. <laughs> Bama's at LSU in a sneaky one. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not a Brian Kelly show. Bill has made that clear. So we want Nick Saban to pummel LSU into submission there. Texas is at Kansas State. Only sickos might care about this one. My guy Deuce Vaughn at K-State's running wild. Adrian Martinez, former Nebraska legend, playing good ball there. Kansas State's good. Texas, Quinn Ewers, balling. Couple losses there, but they're a high-quality team. Means a lot for the Big 12. Maybe not for everyone's playoff. And, uh, oh, let's just look at the playoff. No, this game means a lot to the people that care about it. And then Clemson and Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's been down, but... That's a brand game. When we Colin Cowherd, you want to sell the brands? I love it. That's a brand game, Grant. So big weekend of college football coming up. Uh, and then Wisconsin and Maryland at uh, 11 as well. Which, honestly, that's going to be a great football game, man. Maryland's good. And their offense is better than it's been. They're healthy. The offensive line's playing well. Their defense is okay. I think it's a Graham Mertz versus Talia Tugavailoa shootout, which I'm here for. Graham Mertz is playing great ball. He's going to be the quarterback of Wisconsin for two more years. And next year, he'll be the best quarterback in the final year of the Big Ten West. Fight me on that. The, the final year? I thought they were keeping the West. For one more year. That's oh, that's why I was so happy. Because next year's Wisconsin's so, chance. Yesterday, I was listening to a little college football content because I wanted to pull out a nugget to impress you. Now, you whipped through them so fast, I I couldn't jump into ad. Isn't there, like, a really high receiving prospect at... Maybe it's not... Did you see TCU or Kansas State? They're both purple and gray, and I get them confused. Uh, TCU. So, is it Quinton Johnson? Yeah. Is that the wide receiver who's a stud? He maybe went, Packers? Him I was again. literally going to try to make this connection, but I got the team wrong, and I'm minutes late. Man, <laughs> him against Kansas was just unfair. And Max Duggan under center at TCU. Like, they're legit undefeated. They're a fun team. Get on the bandwagon. Yeah. He went off against against Kansas. No, I want I want the Marvin Harrison Jr. Jordan Love connection to become Peyton and Marvin Harrison Sr. Is Harrison better than Jackson Smith and Jigba? I don't know. Well, he's not coming out this year. He has another year at college first. It's hard. JSN's been out all season, so it's it's yeah. hard. They're, they're both so good. They're both better than Olave and Garrett Wilson. And look at how the good Packers those guys are. These guys. Who gives a damn? The Packers aren't drafting any of these guys. They're going to draft some. I don't know. They're not going to draft anyone. Do I don't know. Maybe if there's another GM. Um, and then finally. Ooh. Yes. Grant Bills. Well, there are two more things. Number one on the agenda. The Stanford tree situation. Everybody needs to be monitoring this. This could be the biggest story in our country. The Stanford tree is their mascot. Why is their mascot a tree? I don't know. It's weird. I don't either. Anyway, they came out, uh, uh, whoever the tree is, the organization of the tree, there's a Twitter account, it's anonymous, with a sign at Stanford's last game that said, Stanford hates fun. The university outlawed all public drinking. You can't drink on your lawn. You can't play beer pong or whatever. They outlawed fun. Let's be honest here. So the Stanford tree came out and in defiance because the mascots usually speak for the student body. He said, Stanford hates fun. Well, Grant, the Stanford tree has been banned. Stanford canceled the tree. Cannot believe culture. Cannot believe again. Cancel culture came for the tree. Free the tree. (laughs) 
is, we were talking about this this morning when you're we getting ready for the show. This is why I appreciate college football. I might not invest entire Saturdays into it, but I do love it for stories like this. They banned a costume is what they did. They banned an actual costume from the side. There's, there's nothing to do with the person wearing the costume. They banned the suit, the, tr- the fabric and the mesh that is the tree. They banned it and they made it like an official thing. Also, the Stanford band, well-known for being out on the field. The band is out on the field. So, making headlines again. Stanford. Uh, just, if you want to tweet, hashtag free the tree and tag myself or Grant, that'd be appreciated. We're trying to get that trending. I just, I, I can't believe you could cancel your own mascot. When, I will note, your team sucks. Stanford's been down for years. And then the last one, Grant. Uh, the infrastructure issue at the University of Michigan football stadium. There, Fucking tunnel. There was an assault in the tunnel. I think it's fair to call it that. Assault. It wasn't a fight. It was a 15 Michigan State players or 5 or 10 or whatever ganging up on one to two Michigan guys and hitting him with their helmets. My only official statement on the matter as the investigations are still ongoing is that it is not the tunnel's fault. We don't tunnel blame on this show. No. Can I ask a, a serious question based off this tunnel incident that I think you'll actually speak on very well as you do most things? Yeah, let me stop the music because, um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> all right, let's get serious. I heard all of last season from the Colin Cowherds of the world because, to be honest, I get most of my college football talk from Cowherd. I watched a little bit. But I, I hear a lot of cowherd, you know, of Joe Cladon, whoever. And Kenny and Halpern. I, yeah, and Kenny. Well, duh. You know I listen to Kenny and Halpern. I heard lots last year. Mel Tucker's got the... Here's how Colin Cowherd would say it. Ready? Oh, Ben, I heard a lot last year. Mel Tucker's got that program rolling. He's got them boys playing. What's going... Is Mel Tucker a bust that they just gave a bunch of money? Um, I, Early returns are quite poor. <laughs> You could definitely say that, but yeah. in the end of the day, college football coaches and money, it doesn't matter. They pay these buyouts like it's nothing. They, they, they yeah, paid the- but it's, it's not like, oh, the last two years of his deal. Like, they paid him last year. Like, yep. this was a slam dunk, and now he stinks? couple things. His roster has been almost completely comprised of the transfer portal because he came over in 2020. He's only been there for two and a half years now. Built his roster in the portal, and guess who they had last year? who is now in Seattle going Kenneth off Walker jr. Exactly. He like, it was kind of an anemic offense and the defense was battling, but the secondary was one of the worst in college football, but Kenneth Walker would single-handedly win them games. Like kind of like Jonathan Taylor would do in 2018, but the rest yeah. of Wisconsin couldn't do enough to win those. I mean, they had some close wins. It, they were a fluky good team. Then they got exposed okay. when they played a real team in Ohio state who put like 50 on them in the first half. That's right. That's so, right. I forgot about that. This year, you go into it, and it's the same team. The secondary sucks. The defense is below average overall, and you just don't have Kenneth Walker winning you football games. So that's where we're at. Then there's also the thing of uh, questionable character, I would say, of, of some guys he's brought in. And obviously you have 8 to 10 players on your roster that are now suspended for assaulting Michigan players in the tunnel after the game. He's got to kick them out of the program, right? I That is what I would advocate for, but I'm not going to... That is what I would say, though I'm going to wait until all of the investigations are through. True, true.
True. Um, so, yeah, there is your uh, college football minute. Uh, coaching carousel continues as well. Uh, Mr. Mr. Harson out at Auburn. Maybe uh, Auburn head coach Scott Frost has a cool little ring to it. Who's the next coach fired, do you think, if you had to bet money? That is, or maybe a, no one comes to mind. If if no one, that's fine. Scott Satterfield, Louisville, okay. probably. Okay. I don't know. It's weird because Brian Harson was supposed to be fired months ago, but they were hiring a new athletic director, and they were going to wait to fire him until the new AD come in, which is really unfair to Harson and the team. He, he was a sitting duck all season. He was always going to get yeah. fired because he was an outsider, kind of that came in. I'd say Satterfield, it is a likely candidate. I don't know. Not many others. Well, come you'd to hate mind. to rob that new athletic director of the opportunity to make a, a, a program altering move. You'd hate to take that away from the new AD. Of course, because November's are very important to. All right. 877-867-1670. We return to Packers talk when we come back. Thank you for indulging me on the college football minute of the day. When we return, Rogers comments, LaFleur comments, look ahead to Sunday, all that good stuff. It's the Bill Michaels show. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. More coming up. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right. Welcome back in. Bill Michael Show on this Thursday. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills. Bill will be back tomorrow talking Packers and Lions. Where are you at with this team? There are Twitter polls up at Benzie Kenny right now. Is this the make or break weekend for the defense? 80% say yes, as well as if the Packers do give up 35 or 30, lose to the Lions, will Joe Barry be gone? The resounding majority also says yes to that proposition. 877-867-1670. That game's coming up at noon. Packers, three and a half point favorites. Grant, I, many have assumed we have already picked the game, uh, although we have not. Lord, no. However, I, I will say I'm leaning towards uh, the Lions plus a, more than a field goal at home, given what I've seen. But no, we are by no means uh, predicting the downfall yet. That is for Friday. That's usually yeah. what, what Fridays are for. This is I just a, a rambling thought about where this team stands because... It has not been great. 877-867-1670. Mike is in Rockford. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Can I ask you to do me a favor? Uh, when uh, when you're done with my call, leave me on for about a minute so I can listen because I won't be able to listen to you on the radio. I don't get signal inside my house, and yep. I'm not in my car right now. Gotcha. Okay. Appreciate it, guys. Um, you know, listen, I, I tell you, lifelong Packer fan. I'm 60 years old, and uh, I've been, I was there when the Packers stunk in the 70s and 80s, and went through everything. Um, and you know, guys, everything cycles, but the, the problem is, is Gutekinds and, and I and understanding what his philosophy is. Now, if they were in a bidding war to get chase Claypool with the bears, the Packers could have afforded to give a fifth round. They could have thrown a fifth round pick in there because I agree. The, the thing guys it's win right now, because the window with Rogers is closing. And I hate to say it, but I think, you know, if you go back two, three years ago, he's he's lost. He's he's kind of lost a little step. I mean, you see, I mean, Brady's quite a bit older than Rodgers, but Brady's, you know, Brady's showing his age. And granted, Rodgers is thirty-eight. Uh, what Brady's what forty-four? Um, 
but the thing is, Rodgers has taken a slight step back, but he's still among the elite. So where, where, what is the Packers' mindset as to what they're doing? And, and what I don't understand, guys, is, is how in the world can you go with three draft classes three years in a row and not give Aaron Rodgers the help he needs? And then what did they do to try to keep Devontae Adams here? Because it doesn't seem like they did enough. I know Adams left on his own and he wanted to go. But I think if you really, really, really would have made the deal sweet, somehow I think he would have stayed. And um, I'll hang up, guys, and listen. But I got one other comment to say real quick. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to hang up. I'm going to let – I'm going to stand and listen. I got you. Uh, I'm worried about this game against Detroit, and I'll tell you why. Even when the Packers are really good, when they had Favre, when they had Rodgers, and they were rolling on all eight cylinders, um, Detroit, for some reason, always played them tough in Detroit. And, and just this team is down right now, and – Anybody can run the ball on the Packers, and that's that's the thing that scares me, guys. If they lose Sunday, Packers lose Sunday, it's it's over. Barry's uh, gone, do you think? What's that? Joe Barry's gone, you think, if they lose he's in got, the Lions? Someone's going to have to be the fall guy, um, yeah. unless unless it's a real low-scoring game and the Packers in Detroit, uh, and it ends up uh, Packers-Detroit uh, winning, uh, you know, uh, 12 to 10 or something, and they kick a last-minute field goal and win the game. I mean, if the yeah. defense stays in there, but if it's a huge, like, high-scoring affair, I could see him being gone. Yep, I got Absolutely. you. Appreciate the phone call, man. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you on while we, while we respond. A lot there. I mean, first of all, I mean, when it comes to building around Rodgers this offseason and not sweetening the deal for Claypool, that I'm 100% with. If you could have thrown in another fifth or sixth or anything – to make sure you got a guy like Claypool in who's still on a rookie contract. Wouldn't understand why they didn't do it, but I don't know exactly how the trade negotiations went down. Um, I don't, I, they just, when it, they haven't done enough and they've been put in a really tough situation with Rogers and the money and Rogers and the off season, I would say inactivity when it comes to returning like De- Devonte, I think he was gone no matter what. I don't know. The Packers offered more money than the Raiders. I don't know what more they could have done, but undeniably Brian Gutekinst, even with the Devonte thing aside, has not done enough to actually bolster this team and this offense around Rodgers. And it starts with the draft. What was that last caller's name? He's Mike. still on the line. Yes. Mike in Rockford. So Mike's frustrated about this deadline in Claypool, or I've talked to listeners who are mad about this draft. We were talking earlier, all the picks didn't find anyone to contribute. It's not just about this deadline or this draft. For me, it's really about the last four years, five years, um, and the way in which Brian Gutekinds has just kind of sat on his hands with wide receivers. Okay, 2020, hated the draft, but if you didn't like any of the receivers at the spot you were, fine. But what about 2019 when Debo was out there? You didn't like him, didn't want to take a flyer on A.J. Brown. 2018, D.J. Moore, Calvin Ridley, Corton Sutton, Michael Gallup, didn't like any of those guys. 2021, Elijah Moore is that like, it's every year, just like we were talking about earlier with the trade deadline, Ben Kenny. It's like, okay, so you didn't want Claypool, but you also didn't want anyone last year or the year before. You had Marshawn Lynch available, Randy Moss, Tony Gonzalez available, all of these opportunities, and they passed on them all. And now we're really feeling it. Obviously, the deadline, those names are, you know, farther back. But the last couple of drafts, they've just sat on their hands. And those drafts would have provided the wide receivers that were coming into their own right now. And there's just nothing there. It's oh. just a barren wasteland of wide receiver. Or players in general. It's hard to be a draft and develop yeah. organization when at times you draft quite poorly. 
They took Jay Sternberger yeah. in the third round, a pick before Terry McLaurin, which Jay Sternberger tweeting that on, on two Sundays ago was that was a good one. My my favorite part was there was a reporter or two in the replies that didn't realize that it was Jay Sternberger's account. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. Now we'll talk Tom about Oates, oh. who I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not anti Tom Oates, but like Friend Jay of the Sternberger's show. Uh, handle is not that descriptive. No. And Oates like got in his replies was like, what? You didn't like Jay Sternberger? Like joking, not realizing that it was <laughs> Sternberger who tweeted it. It was pretty funny. Again, That's not funny. anti Tom Oates. Love his work, but yeah. it was funny. Uh, I think overall though, I do when it comes to how they've built the roster, if they had drafted better and developed better, we'd be in a different spot, I, especially even on defense. Like if this 2022 draft had provided more instant impact guys, we're looking at yeah. this season differently. And I like what Quay Walker could be, but they took Devontae Wyatt in the first round. Devontae Wyatt has not seen the field on defense. How in the world are you spending a first round pick that high in that important of a spot that you got for Devontae Adams and the guy can't see the field? Yeah. I don't get it. And he's an old, like, why it's old, too. If there was any defensive selection who should be able to play right away, it's the 23, 24-year-old, which is who they took with the second first-round pick. So uh, some people might be unhappy with what I'm about to say, but... Do it. The, the Packers are obsessed with athletic profiles when it comes to every position. There's the, the RAS in draft season, the raw athletic score, when, oh, he has to score an 8-9 or a 9-0 or whatever. Yeah. You know, they also could take some football players. That'd be nice, too. Love that take. Love that take, Ben Kenny. Like Jahan Dotson, great example. A little, if, if I'm remembering correctly, and you could probably speak to this, maybe a little undersized. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's not a first-round pick. Well, guess what? He's really good at football. Yeah. McLaurin. Give me I, a linebacker with a neck roll, Grant. Let's overcorrect. <laughs> Josie Jewell. Give me a Josie Jewell. That is that such... That hooping in Denver. Oh, that's such a good take. He was... He's just... The definition of a tackling machine. He's like, yeah. What was his name? Nick Martinez, the guy that would give up like a hundred receptions to running backs a year, but then also tackle them, so his stats look oh, great. Blake, Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez, excuse yeah. me. Uh, Nick Martinez is a linebacker now. I, Not yeah. to be confused with any of the Nebraska quarterbacks over the last fifteen years. <laughs> Those are different. Josie Jewell is is like Blake Martinez who could cover. Yeah, he's a beast. I'm with you about just taking good football players. Man. They're very, uh, I don't know if this is a word. They're very projectionary. They're like, oh, well, if this guy puts it together, yep, he's Lawrence Taylor. It's like, well, actually, no. Then he's just Nick Perry. He's just big. <laughs> That's all he is. He's just big. So I guess my issue is I would say they need to take more Bama, Georgia, Clemson because certain franchises – just went crazy in the Big 12 and the Pac-12 trying to get TCU receivers and Stanford receivers, and they all yeah. didn't pan out. And then finally, they started drafting Alabama receivers. And then what do you know? They're good. They're good, yeah. The, the issue is the two guys they drafted in the first round came from the greatest college defense I've ever seen. So that well, doesn't, doesn't apply. Really I, can't, like, I can't explain why Devontae White hasn't seen the field. They're deep there. I get it. But guess what? The best teams in the NFL and the best defensive lines rotate guys. Guys are yeah. better when they're fresh. Nobody is playing every snap at nose guard. Maybe Aaron Donald, but he's like the best ever, you know? Well, when you have a chance to play a <sighs> Northwestern defensive tackle 80% of the snaps, you just got to do it, Ben Kenny. Who's a Northwestern defensive tackle? Dean Lowry. Dean Lowry went to Northwestern? 
I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Tyler, well, Tyler Lancaster, see Iowa, see Northwestern. Dean Lowry Dean went Lowry. to Northwestern. You're right. Yeah. I, I well, he's, he's the brains that. of the offensive or the defensive line. 877 1670 Brett on hold. We'll get to you when we return, as well as everyone's calls coming up. One full hour yet to go. We're wide open. Call in 877-867-1670 at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter, at Wisco Grant as well. Matt LaFleur press conference coming up. A lot more to get to. It's the Bill Michaels Show. We'll be back after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice outdoors as they get ready for Week 9 and a trip to Detroit to face the Lions. Green Bay trying to figure out how to beat a desperate Lions team inside Ford Field and snap their own four-game losing streak. Packers defensive lineman Dean Lowry. The biggest spark will come from just winning a game and versus bringing in one player, and that's what we're focused on. We think that if we can get one win, we can you know string it together and get some momentum back on our side. Packers tight end Robert Tunyon. It just takes one. It takes one win to get back rolling, get back feeling good, and get you know everyone back on the right track. The people in this room, in this locker room, all have it. So I'm not really too worried about them getting down on themselves or making a big deal about it. I think we have the right men in this room to just go out there and just kind of, you know, next game, next play. There were a record 10 trade deals done on the NFL on Tuesday before the deadline. The Lions, Vikings, and Bears all making moves, but none for the Packers, although they reportedly put in a bid for the Steelers' Chase Claypool. Was Matt LaFleur involved in any of the trade talks from his office on the third floor? I'll be honest with you. When when I'm up there, it's what are we doing to put our team in the best position possible to go game plan and put our guys in the spot to go execute and beat a, a team that we know is going to give us everything they can. We've struggled at Ford Field many times. And this is a, a really good offense, and they play extremely hard in, in all three phases. Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, again, that's not my uh, area of focus, so Brian didn't think uh, that whatever was out there was worth whatever uh, was required given up. That just sends a message to us that we got to play with the guys we got and, and win with the guys we got. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills here with you today. Bill will be back tomorrow. Loaded one o'clock hour coming up. We got Matt LaFleur's press conference. We have your phone calls. We're going to get to the phone lines first. It is a it is a show for the people. We're up against the top of the hour here. So we're going to hear the update. Your calls. Matt LaFleur's press conference. I have a practice update for Matt Schneiderman. Who was out? David Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Watson, Campbell. All those guys at Packers practice. Who missed today? Who played? We'll give you an update on that when we return. Uh, as well as, I, I feel like we've we've covered all the bases, but we'll talk about Dan Snyder because uh, clearly, uh, it, I think the reckoning has finally come for, for Mr. Snyder and the Washington Commanders. So, big one o'clock hour coming up. 877-867-1670. That's how you get a hold of the show. We'll rock your calls when we return get grant back up here we hear from lafleur talk packers at practice see who could be in or out for sunday's game much much more i'm ben kenny in for bill michaels today the bill michaels show podcast 
Listen, rate, subscribe.